This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Facebook, literally, there will be university courses taught about how Facebook has, if not ruined society, damaged it terribly. It's, it's, um, I mean, there's all kinds of evidence that's come out, you know, in recent months and years about the damage that Facebook has done in so many different areas. Um, I don't know. We've unleashed a menace on society. That's my opinion, my personal opinion. Other people may think differently, but in my opinion, the damage that has been done by Facebook is something that we're going to have to reckon with long after I'm gone. In the meantime, though, we're talking about what's going on with the Russia-Ukraine situation and the social media and the propaganda and the way that Facebook jumps in, right? Facebook, as we, as I just said, you know, they came out last week and, or this week and said, yeah, we've uncovered dozens of different fake accounts set up just to push pro-Russia, anti-Ukraine propaganda. It's what they do. They've been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, let's get some insight on this with Alicia Wanless now, who's a PhD researcher at King's College, uh, looking at alternative frameworks for understanding the information environment. Also, the director of the Partnership for Countering Influence Operations at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Uh, Alicia, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you joining us today. Hello, Shay. Thanks for having me. Um, just, I mean, I don't think any of us are surprised that uh, what we've seen with uh, Facebook coming out and saying, yeah, you know what, there's all kinds of these fake accounts out there. How, how, how does this happen and, and how does it work? What's the, is it, is it a coordinated operation? Like, how do these accounts suddenly spring up like this? I think it's fairly easy for almost anybody to create an account. Uh, all you need is an email and a cell phone, um, although some of the platforms have started to ban uh, new account creation in Russia. Of course, you might be able to get around that by using VPNs that make you look like sure. you're in a, a different place. Um, but I think really when it comes to social media, again, this is about the users who use it, and it has enabled a form of participatory propaganda, which really allows for real and fake accounts to be used to spread particular messaging. And arguably, it's a lot more effective if those accounts are real, because people do tend to believe the people they know and yeah. trust or who they see to be as similar. But in this case, and, and there are some real, there's no, and you're right, those, those carry extra weight, but they seem to be very effective at creating entirely fake accounts, right, that manage to spread and manage to grow and manage to build a following? Uh, I think more so in the past. I mean, this particular campaign, and again, all I've got to go on is what Meta has reported on it at this point. Um, but really, it's not new to be creating these accounts. Um, the network that was taken down was done by a known operative, so I think it was probably fairly easy for the companies to be able to find. In some ways, the whole operation was a little bit crude. Yes, they used uh, AI to create images, but if you start to look at those pictures, they look really phony. The ears are funny. It doesn't really make sense. Um, and even the trying to hack accounts at this point, after they've been priming the information environment, Russians have been priming the information environment for so long, yeah. this does kind of suggest that the Russians might actually be a bit desperate. They certainly didn't seem to meet their military objectives in a swift invasion or defeat. And so I feel like they're kind of scraping the barrel to try to get some messaging out there. What is the content they're creating? Like, what are we seeing? What, what is the message they're trying to get out there? Again, it's a little hard to say at this point because the reporting that Meta put out didn't didn't show us what the posts were. So taking from what they said, um, 
These are accounts that claim to be based in Kiev. They were uh, pretending to be news editors. Uh, like some of them are former aviation engineers. Some of it was actually pretty laughable in terms of trying to claim that, you know, high-profile people lost their job or, like, they were, you know, lower-working lower people and they suddenly became the editor of a news site. Um, but chiefly what they tried to do was create news outlets, um, pushing claims that the West had betrayed Ukraine, um, that it was a failed state. I would imagine that they've been trying to position Ukraine as far right, which mm -hmm. is no more so than Russia itself or even some countries in the West. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just basically trying to counter whatever's happening. Um, is there any way that, you know, as a user, because I mean, and we're, and I'm wondering, you know, especially with some of the videos that come across and things like that, is there a way to actually verify this on your own before you, first of all, believe it, and second of all, and even worse, start sharing it on your own profile? This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Oh, Shay, I wish people would. Um, <laughs> we all do. There are ways to do it. I mean, it's obviously a lot harder to do that if you're watching this remotely from a distance at a conflict situation. And there really does tend to be, uh, I think, a, a reaction for people when they see something that's shocking to want to share it yeah, right away. Yeah. Now, there is an entire community of fact-checkers led by the International Fact-Checking Network that work with the companies. There's also a series of investigators like Atlantic Council's DFR Lab, and they work to verify and content and counter disinformation. So if you're wondering if something is real or not, I would look to those guys first before you think about sharing stuff. Um, I think there are some basic things that most users can do to try to keep their accounts um, locked down. So for example, yesterday there was another attack going around on Facebook Messenger. I had actually gotten it from my cousin, and it was like a link um, that she said, hey, check this out. This is something that I found. And what it does is if you click on that link, um, it will prompt you to go and log in, and then you will be compromised, and then your account is compromised and it's spread to your friends and family. And that's the real tricky part is yeah. that these kinds of attacks are really aimed at compromising a personal network in order to gain further access. And then if you have your account compromised, then it's possible that they can start posting on your behalf. And that seemed to be what the aim was behind the Russian one, targeting Ukrainians. But there have been some new measures put into place and there's old things that you can do. If this is Facebook in particular, look at locking your friends list down so other people can't see who your friends are so they can't target them in turn. Um, Check some of the privacy and security reminder settings, especially on things like Instagram. It does look like Facebook's trying to lock profiles now, at least in Ukraine, so people can't see their friends list. Um, and by all means, please be slowing down in terms of yeah. sharing content. Wait until somebody like maybe a news media outlet or fact checkers have verified that it's true before you share it. You know, the interesting thing here is the fact that we see so much content coming out. And, you know, we all have, but you have to really applaud the Ukrainians. Uh, Zelensky, Klitschko, so all the MPs are really active on social media. Uh, civilians, citizens, you name it. They are countering the narrative with social media and building international support that is really remarkable. 
That's exactly it, Shay. And I think that's the real story here, not Russia's efforts, but the ability of Ukrainians and Zelensky included to get their point of view across. The Russians have dominated the international information environment for so long. Their narratives have gained traction. But right now, what we're seeing is the Ukrainian story really coming to life. And I think that's telling, too, in terms of seeing average Russian citizens go out on the streets and protest. Um, Russian citizens, uh, celebrities, denouncing the conflict. This is really unprecedented. I think key here is to keeping channels like Instagram open, which are really a main way for Ukrainian and Russian citizens to communicate with each other with a shared aim of ending this conflict. You know, when we talk about what Facebook's doing and what Twitter's doing, and I think they are trying to do things, at least they're letting people know that this is happening. Ultimately, it comes down to user beware, right? I mean, they can't possibly police everything that's on there. It falls to the user to be pretty skeptical about what they're seeing. Absolutely. But this is also kind of, I think, a big gap in terms of what governments and industry haven't done. And that's really making end users more aware of what life is like in an information age. You know, it's fundamentally changed and we don't really understand that and we haven't been told. And there is a great responsibility, again, between, I would say, industry and governments to do that. I mean, what I'd really like to see at this point is more outreach from, say, governments, industry, civil society to reach Ukrainian users, uh, including diaspora, to understand that they're using um, the proper safety measures that are available. But I also think there needs to be a multi-stakeholder approach here where civil society is brought in to work with industry to understand what new safety measures need to be put in place quickly. Also working with investigators and fact checkers to speed up assessment of claims to counter disinformation. And I really think, again, here, governments are key with industry to, to understand what policies industry have in place already that can be used to counter disinformation. There's a whole host of reporting features that could probably be better levered in order to be able to curtail abuse here. Yeah, we just have to let people know about it. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much. Great insight. Really appreciate the conversation today. Thank you, Shay. You bet. Thanks so much. That is Alicia Wanless, who is a PhD researcher at King's College exploring alternative frameworks for understanding the information environment.